0: Welcome back to Nomics Grand Gaming Adventures. This week I am reviewing Persona 4 Golden, which was originally released on the PS Vita, I believe, but it was developed by Atlus and published by Sega. And it currently sits at 97% positive out of 34,000 reviews on Steam. Now, if you've never played any Persona games before, this is uh, essentially a coming-of-age style JRPG, a Japanese role-playing game. So as always, I'm not going to really give any spoilers here, but I do want to start off talking a little bit about the story itself. I'm currently about 20 hours into the game. I think that's a fair enough amount of time to give this game a review. So the initial story starts off that you're a character actually referenced Hero in the opening video, and you're going to live with a caretaker who is actually your uncle who hasn't seen you since you're in diapers, and your cousin, who's a grade schooler, lives there as well. The reason for this is that your parents went away, I I believe, on business, but it doesn't really matter. But during the first day of school, sirens go off in the middle of class, and a body is found hanging from a TV antenna on a nearby building. It starts off kind of like a murder mystery, and the hero, you, must find the truth. Now, I call it a murder mystery because as you're progressing in the story the characters seem to think that people are being forced into another world that is causing them harm so it's not directly murder the character that is found hanging from the antenna gets checked out by police but there's no real they don't really ever tell you how the character died but ultimately the victims are being thrown into another world which happens to be inside televisions One night your character talks to some of the other students, they tell him about something called the midnight hour, and basically what that is is you're supposed to look into your TV screen with the TV off during the middle of the night while it's raining, and it's supposed to show you who your future love is. One of those silly games high schoolers and middle schoolers play. And when your character goes and does this, he sees the next victim of the television world. And it's basically like a prediction. It gives you some time to save this character, or at least try to. But that's really all I'm going to tell you about the story. It's, it's essentially a murder mystery. You're trying to find out who's throwing people into this other world, all while trying to survive. Now, to first review this game, you really need to ask yourself, what is a Persona? Again, if you've never played the series, then this is going to be a new thing to you. If you have, hey, it's pretty much consistent. A persona is basically, to my understanding, part of oneself. So the other world that you go into is later on, I think, in the series called a metaverse. But in this one, there's really no name for it yet. But in this other world, you encounter what they call shadows. And these shadows are the subconscious being of the population. So you'll encounter certain shadows that won't really affiliate with you because you don't know everybody in the world. (laughs) But you'll encounter certain story-driven shadows of, care- of other classmates and whatnot. And these shadows try to kill you. So your teammates will encounter shadows as you're playing along. And they end up turning these shadows into their actual persona by accepting that side of them. For example, one of the characters is secretly jealous of one of her friends. She doesn't tell you this, but in the other world you encounter her shadow. And her shadow starts talking about all this to her and it makes her angry because she doesn't really want to admit that she's like that. So she denies the shadow. She tells the shadow that that's not who she is and that the shadow is just malicious and lying. And it causes the shadow to basically outrage and try to kill her. After defeating the shadow, she comes to her senses and accepts that that is actually a part of her. And so the shadow essentially comes down and joins you, joins her rather, and becomes her persona. So now in this other world, she has a powerful persona that is attached to her that can cast spells and and do damage for her and keep her alive. I'm not really doing the persona clarification justice here. The game talks a little bit about it and tells you that it's based off of the Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung. And his theories, so i'm not I'm not going to go into those. I, I feel like that would take up a lot of the episode and I don't think it's really required. However, it is interesting, and I do recommend checking that out if you're interested into like psychology or philosophy, and especially if you end up liking the persona games and checking them out yourself. But now I'm going to talk a little bit about the basic gameplay. So as I mentioned, you're staying with your uncle and you're going to a new school. And you start the school year fresh, and I believe the game is going to run its course throughout the entire school year. So Monday through Saturday, you have to attend school, but you get to choose what you want to do in the segments of the day. So as you're in class, occasionally you get asked quiz questions and things like that. You answer them, you gain knowledge points or expression points, which is basically just looking cool in class. And as you level those up, they give you other types of actions. Like you can sound more knowledgeable to friends. or might be somebody who you can get on your on your team, basically. But you might have to have a certain level of knowledge to acquire their friendship, to have that dialogue. But then after school, you get to kind of choose what you're going to do with your time. All while balancing going into the other world and saving people. If you don't save somebody in time, the game is over. But usually they give you somewhere around, I want to say, two to three weeks of game time to do that besides going into the other world some things you can do you can go around town buy different supplies take on jobs kind of a life simulator i guess go out to eat at fancy ramen shops and hang out with some of your colleagues your friends your teammates all while building social bonds with them now these social bonds are actually important not only are your friends and teammates in this game those that you build these bonds with but they actually play into a part of your persona usage. All of your teammates usually have one persona that they stick to throughout the entire game, this other side of them. The main hero, your main character, is rather the wild card. During the game, you can add more personas to your inventory. So you're not stuck with just one persona, but these personas have different groups that they belong to, such as the Fool, Moon, Strength different types of tarot cards and and whatnot. But as you increase your bonds with somebody who gives you a strength bond and you get more strength personas, you can level those personas up better or enhance them the higher your bond is. It gives you benefits towards those types of personas. But yeah, that's basically what you do outside of the dungeons. You build bonds with people and make money and enhance the story. You can even go fishing if you want. As long as you save the victim in time, or else it's game over. So as I mentioned this other world, when you go into the other world, you go through a big screen TV (laughs) at the major chain superstore. The one that's putting all those local businesses out of business. When you go into the other world, it takes up the time segment of that day. So, for example, the the whole afternoon. So when you get out of it, it'll actually be evening. And so it reduces what you can do outside of the dungeon. Because again, it's all about time management. But inside the other world, you go into a dungeon and the floors are varied. Every time you enter a dungeon floor, it'll actually be different. Even if you go to the next floor and then come back, the floor will change. But the idea is you're inside the dungeon trying to save the victim before they actually become a victim. And as you're running around, you'll see little blobs walk like crawling around on the floor. And those are the enemies. You can go up into them and slash them. If you slash them before they come and run at you, you enter the battle on equal footing. If you slash them from behind before they can turn around and get you, it gives you an advantage in battle. By advantage, it basically gives you an extra turn. If they catch you off guard and they attack you first, then what will happen is they'll get the extra turn and it can be really devastating. So one thing to note before you go into the other world and go into a dungeon in this game, you end up at a blacksmith shop and you're able to buy weapons, armor, and accessories that will give you advantages in combat, just like most RPGs. As you kill enemies in this game, you will occasionally get loot, items like medicine and things to recover spell points for you to cast spells. But you also find junk loot, which you would normally sell to a vendor in most games. In this one, you can take it back to that blacksmith and sell it to him, and it'll actually unlock the next set of gear for you to buy to take into the dungeon so you can unlock new weapons and new armor new accessories that way but back to the battles when you enter a battle it's turn-based like most rpgs there is a turn order but it doesn't list it out for you most of the time most of your characters will go first not always but most of the time and you have options to do basic melee attacks cast spells escape from the battle or use items now in this game one really cool thing about the battles is that there are weaknesses. Based on the persona that you have equipped, you too have weaknesses. So let's say you're going up against an enemy who likes to use fire, maybe a fire beetle or something like that, and you cast an ice spell on him. Since he's weak to it, he'll take not only more damage, but he'll also go into a position of being downed. When he's downed, things get a little bit more interesting. When you down an enemy, your character gets another move. So normally when you cast a spell or do an attack, turns over it goes to the next person in your group or the next enemy but when you down somebody you get a plus one so you get plus one action if you're able to down every single enemy in the same character's turn you can do an all-out melee attack with all of your characters on the whole group of enemies causing extra damage without the cost of using more turns so it's really helpful to down enemies in this if you're not able to down all of them for example maybe an enemy has a resistance to all of your spells and you're not able to hurt them you can down their teammates and then do a melee attack on them, cause them to be knocked dizzy, basically, so they won't get up when their turn comes around. It'll basically stun them for an additional turn. Not only are enemies weak to certain spells and certain attacks, but some of them actually is absorb the attacks and heal from them. And then some of them are just really strong and resist attacks from that. Now, the types of attacks and weaknesses in this are physical, fire, cold, electric, wind, light, and dark. So, like, holy and and evil powers, basically. And again, based on the persona that you have equipped during the battle, you also have those strengths and weaknesses based on that persona's abilities. Now, after the battle, if you're able to kill all of the enemies during one of those all-out melee attacks, you'll sometimes enter something called Shuffle, and basically you draw a few cards... You get one pick initially, but some of the cards will give you additional picks. And what these do is they give you benefits for the battle outcome. So sometimes you'll get new personas by picking a card with a new persona on it. Or you'll sometimes pick more experience points, more money. But it's just added bonuses to the end of a fight. If you're able to pick all the cards, the very next battle that you win, regardless of how you end it, you'll enter the shuffle mode automatically automatically and you'll have more than one pick. You'll have three picks initially. So you can find yourself going battle to battle to battle, entering shuffle every single time, if you're able to enter that mode. Now the last thing I want to mention too, that's pretty much the gist of the dungeons. There's usually a boss at the final area when you find the victim, and you have to defeat the boss. But with your personas, another interesting aspect to this game is that there's mysterious characters who are on your side in something called a blue velvet room. They help you by keeping records of the personas you've collected so you can get rid of your personas and summon them later on by spending money. You're also able to get ability cards that you can use to teach your personas certain abilities, and you're able to sell these cards to them for them to have on hand for you to buy for money in bulk down the line if you decide to. On top of that, you can also take a few different personas and fuse them together to get a higher-powered new Persona. And again, you don't lose your Personas permanently. You can always summon them again as long as you registered them. But it's a way to get Personas that you don't necessarily encounter in the dungeon. And as you continue on in this game and and getting Personas, it'll tell you how much percentage you have completed. So some people treat this kind of like a Pokemon game where they try to get as many Personas as possible, try to max it out. There's actually various walkthroughs throughout that tell you how to max out all your friendship bonds, how to spend your time. I don't find any of that fun. I like to personally sink or swim in games. I go off of my own instinct, and I don't tend to get everything maxed out. But I still enjoy it. Now, with all reviews that I do, I'm going to give this a rating between 1 and 10, 10 me and the best. And I might get some flack from some of my listeners, especially considering that this has 34,000 positive reviews. It's pretty well liked by the community. I personally think that this game is promising. I think that the story is going to be great. I don't like a lot of the gameplay, though. Now, that might be fault partially of playing Persona 5 Royal before coming to this. Last summer, I played Persona 5 Royal, and I had a really great time. I don't have a problem with the day-to-day life in this game. That type of stuff doesn't bother me. I I like the role-playing aspects of it. I like creating friendships and bonds with people. I like to fish. I like to sell stuff. I, I like all of that type of stuff in games. My problems with this game lie in the dungeons. In this game, in order to save while you're in the dungeon, you have to leave the floor, back to the entrance, go and save, come back to the dungeon. When you enter the, the actual dungeon, it'll allow you to go back to the floor you're at when you left it. But Persona 5 had safe rooms, When you encountered one of those rooms, you could save it, you could leave the dungeon from that room, you could go back to any of the rooms inside the dungeon. Here, you either have the first floor, or you have the floor you left. Now, that doesn't seem like a big deal, but if you're on the fifth floor, and you're encountering enemies that are too hard for you, you might want to grind some of the mobs to get XP and to level up. Well, you have two options. You can either go back a floor and hope that you encounter enemies that are easy enough, or... You can go back to the very beginning of the dungeon, lose your place, and start over again. Likewise, if you die during a battle in this game, you have two options. You can go back and load from a previous save point, or you can restart the floor. So you can get all the way to the end of the floor, lose a battle because of some RNG, and have to redo the whole floor again. Now, this wouldn't be a huge problem, but this game kind of cheats during battles. So usually what happens, during, especially during boss fights... There will be a moment where the boss will say, charging up, and the very next turn of theirs, they'll do a huge attack. You would be able to guard, take half damage, and survive. However, about 70% of the way through a battle, and we're not talking just one minute here, we're talking like 7, 10, 15 minutes here, all of a sudden the villain stops warning you that they're charging up an attack, and all of a sudden the attacks just happen. Now, these attacks are meant to be one-shot kills because you're supposed to guard to survive them. But somewhere during the battle, it decides at some point that we're going to stop warning the player that this is going to happen, even though up until this point in the game, it's been doing it. So that inconsistency is very frustrating, because I got one shot multiple times during a boss fight, which I was going to eventually win. It was just a slow-paced boss fight. Took forever. But all of a sudden, no more charging up, just instant kill. I'm not a bad gamer. I've played a lot of games in my life. I don't mind challenges, but you got to stay consistent. If you tell a player that, hey, we're going to forewarn you when these one-shot kill attacks happen, do that. <laughs> Persona 5 did it fine. They they did the same thing where they gave you a warning that this kill shot was going to happen, but they they kept doing it. They never took away that kill shot notification. It was never, oh, next turn you're instantly dead because you never got a turn where it says charging up. In this one, it happened eight times so far in the last three hours of gameplay. So I'm going to have a pretty frustrating time beating this game. On top of that, some of the dungeon characters that you face in this one aren't weak to anything that you have. So in order for you to get something to make them weak against you, you have to grind and get higher level personas, which may not be available yet. For example, there's enemies that I see on the top three floors of the dungeon that I'm currently at. That aren't weak to any of the elements, maybe light and dark, but I have yet to get a light and dark damage attack in any persona that I have. I am level 20 and I have yet to get one that does any damage. I have instant kill light and dark moves, but they're a low chance and they usually miss. I don't have anything that does light and dark damage. So if they're weak against light and dark, I can't tell, but they're not weak against anything else. And they have large amounts of HP. They resist a lot of the moves that I have. It's just tedious. Now, I could dumb down the battle difficulty, but at no point am I losing the battles based on my own skill set. And that is why this is frustrating. Again, maybe it's coming back from Persona 5 where this was all perfectly fine. I had no issues with it. I played on a harder difficulty in that too. It was consistent. There was no flukes like that. And they tried to at least give you something that you can use or at least allow you to obtain a Persona that could help you. In that game, you could get higher personas for high, uh, high cost. In this one, you probably can too, but you probably have to get through most of the game to get that. That one does it pretty early. But yeah, so I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10. I don't think it's a bad game. I just think it's very frustrating. and I don't think it's going to be that easy for me to beat. I think I'm going to put a lot of time into it. I might regret some of it <laughs> because I'm going to be playing it for the story. But I feel frustrated at the battles and I feel like I'm not going to enjoy a whole lot of that part of the game. There are some other small minor issues such as controls. I'm using a controller on my computer, but some of the buttons don't seem to be attached to the commands that I have options to. For example, there's something called an SOS where you can send out an SOS for somebody to come and help you. Basically give you HP and spell points at the beginning of a battle. And you can also do that for them. Well, whenever they're calling for an SOS, I hit any of the buttons that are on my controller and none of them actually send help. What they do is they just call out my own SOS and cancel that request for help. So I have to use my computer mouse to go up there and click it. Small, minor, tedious, but it's not really ported well for my controller. I'm assuming that it's intended for different controllers with more buttons to it. Maybe it just needs assigned, but outright it feels kind of frustrating. Especially considering that it's ported from PS Vita, and I have a PS2 style controller that I'm using. So I'm not sure what the difficulty there was for that to have an attached response. But yeah, that sums up the review of Persona 4 Golden. If you like the show, please subscribe. Please leave me a review. It's the only way that I know that I'm doing an okay enough job. <laughs> Hopefully, at least I'm informative. Any type of feedback would be great. The next game that I'm reviewing is called Epic Manager it'll be released again in two weeks that'll likely be a much shorter episode than this one but if you enjoy what you hear please come back in two weeks and check that one out and i'll see you then thank you